Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Wow, Monday already? I, I don't know what it is about the weekend before a big holiday, but things just feel very, uh, I don't know, accelerated, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, I was out of town for the weekend, so I, maybe that's why I'm feeling a little bit rushed as we head into Thanksgiving and Christmas feels like it just, I, 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 does anybody else feel like they're just getting slapped in the face with Christmas? Because uh, I know it's not that far away now. Thanksgiving is this week, which means I'm getting all these Black Friday alerts and get all your Christmas shopping done. I was in Michigan. I was in uh, Grand Rapids, and it was aggressively Christmas, you guys. I mean, aggressively. I I went shopping mostly at vintage and secondhand stores and thrift stores. Everything was like, had jingles and Christmas music. And uh, I I mean, I know some folks like to get get on with it and get into the cheer of the season. Uh, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not, maybe I, maybe I. I need some uh, some turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and uh, cream spinach, some cornbread to get in the mood for the rest of the holidays. Because uh, even today, I'm not bah humming. I'm not bah humbugging. I'm not. I'm not there. I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not ready to be in the holiday season. And there was a lot of traffic today. I don't know if it was a combination of um, you know the Chicago Public Schools. I believe. Uh, not all of them are are in school this week, or some of them are. I saw a neighbor who is uh, an avid cyclist uh, post a picture at a coffee shop saying, "You know, the the bike lanes were clear today. The traffic wasn't too bad." I'm like, "Where where were you riding?" Because wherever I went seemed awfully. Uh, <laughs> congested. I'm not sure if people are already taking the week off and uh, heading into Thanksgiving, but it was uh, it was it was just it's a lot. It feels like a lot happening all at once, or maybe it's just anxiety. I don't know if anyone else is having a lot of anxiety. I was thinking about this on the way here. Um, you know, I follow this, uh, and I know that that uh, Stephanie Miller has the good liars on. I think that Joan has mentioned some of their interviews before as well, and uh, they they interview people at Trump rallies who are just they're so far gone uh, on all all in on Trump, no matter how much he lies. That even when th- it's already been decided that he did overestimate the value of his properties, that they did lie on and cheat in order to qualify for billions of dollars of credit lines and loans. People are like, no, that's not true. And you're like, no, no, no it's it's actually documented. It's factual. It's already been decided. Now they're just trying to decide how much they're going to fine against him, whether it's that or things that he actually says. And this really, I guess, doesn't just go back to when he was running and said he could grab women by the vaginas. Uh, it goes back to everything he's ever done, which is all you know, goes back to the the Central Park Five when he put out a full page ad saying that they should be executed. I mean, there has never been anything that this guy has done that has uh, resulted in accountability, in justice. And now it's being foisted upon not just us, but globally. And I I really uh, I I'm struggling a little, folks, is what I'm I'm saying, because I'm seeing more information online uh, and because 
Twitter has become a complete wasteland. Like today, I'll give you an example. Today I got an ad. And sometimes you see ads, and I, and I know this is in part because IBM and Apple have pulled their ads. Some of the bigger companies, uh, companies that do, you know, just stay in their lane of business don't necessarily get involved. And maybe it's contributing to campaigns because they're lobbying and they want legislation to go their way. But I got an ad on, uh, on Twitter today about how C.S. Lewis warned us that there would, we would be forced to use pronouns that weren't appropriate. And, uh, and I was like, what is this? C.S. Lewis, if, if, it, if you're like, oh, that name sounds familiar, uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe um, author, apparently. And, and by the way, uh, I should have known as soon as I clicked. It was like, what? I, I have to. Because I didn't see the teeny tiny, very faint lettering of ad that it was an advertisement. I thought it was a story, maybe an article, and it was just a it was a gross white Christo fascist article that is an advertisement. So there are these groups now that are buying they're the ones buying advertising on social media, putting something out there that looks like an article and some idiot like me uh clicks on it, but it, it I'm an idiot for you. As soon as I started looking down about how, you know, it was basically telling people, do not address people by the pronouns I ask you to. And it, it goes on that whole nonsense about someone giving themselves away because they use their pronouns in their LinkedIn bio. That somehow that makes you a target, not just for derision, but for hostility. And now it sounds as though they're targeting people just with outright violence, right? Because the because Trump has talked about eliminating vermin, uh, rooting them out, and we know that this has time and time again led to not just threats but actual violence. And uh, I'm I'm struggling a little bit um, because I I'm I'm seeing this sort of onslaught of my problem is that it's based on ignorance and hate and I and I'm distraught a little bit because I'm scared and uh and and they do that right in order to carry out what they believe to be their vision of government of what our society should be is based on fear as well but my fear is just that these people are so outrageously stupid and that's and that <laughs> I, I, I don't even like to say that. But some of this stuff, I told my husband as soon as we started seeing people say that they didn't believe that the Earth was was round, that that the landing on the moon was real because you can't get through the atmosphere. That's not like I've again and again, not just the good liars, but a lot of these folks who li- truly in their in their hearts, in their in their minds, just refuse to believe what is presented over and over and over again, whether it's science, whether it's something that somebody actually says that they could shoot somebody in the face on, on fifth Avenue and no one would care like that. That's something that they regard as a legitimate thing to say as, as a leader. And it is, I'm, I'm, I'm having a tough time <laughs> and I laugh out of stress. Uh, and I try to, um, you know, refocus and and get committed to the work that we have ahead of us for the next year but i i want you to know that uh if it, it, you know if you see things whether it's on social media or uh on you know watching the news uh if you click through you know what fox news is doing it is absolutely absurd and and then we oh, 
I'm sorry, but in Argentina, they just elected a president who believes you should be able to sell organs. Like they they elected a fascist libertarian. This is happening. Not uh, that's the thing, too, is that we feel like it's happening to us, but we see what's happening in the Middle East. We see other countries. We saw this happen in the Philippines where people there were also manipulated by social media. And um, I just don't know. I, I don't. I'm. I'm uh... <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my mind around all of this. And I want to work on the next month heading into 2024. What are the things that we need to make sure that we are engaging folks who truly want to support this democracy? Because those folks don't. And and we have to remember that it's maybe around 30%. When we see these polls of, you know, Biden is leading, Trump is leading, whatever those numbers are, and and we know what people are pointing to and saying it's age uh, or that it's uh, the economy's not going in the the right direction, even though by every metric it truly is, except for how it feels, how people are feeling about that. And the big part of that I believe, is because wages have not kept up with either inflation or the amount of wealth that has been consolidated by the by the most powerful people on the planet. And to, so do I, look, I, I struggle too. Um, so I don't know what leads somebody to go, well, I'm struggling, so it has to be somebody else's fault. It has to be the socialist's fault. It has to be the people of color. It has to be their fault. It has to be because women are working more. It has to be somebody else's fault. It can't be, it can't be my fault. And they're certainly not going to listen to the, the, the facts of how our economy has worked since Ronald Reagan. I saw this quote today, and uh, I, I'm, I, I spent the weekend thinking about the Carters and in the passing of Rosalind Carter. I was very young. I was, uh, I was, uh, I was nine years old when, uh, when Carter lost. So I, I only really knew Carter as my president like as I started paying attention to politics at all as a child. And, and ultimately, I became obsessed with politics during the Reagan years when I was in grade school and in high school. I've mentioned this before. I used to race home from school to watch the Iran-Contra hearings because we could. That was like that was something I was like, what are the why are these people lying to us and doing bad things? Like that was how my brain worked at the time. But I saw this quote from Rosalind Carter today in in regards to President Reagan. And she said, essentially, he gives people permission to have horrible thoughts, to be to to be racist. Uh, I believe I have to find the quote, but it was essentially that Reagan gave people made people comfortable in their prejudices and that rang so true to me and and we have been living not just in that blanket of people being feeling justified to hate to discriminate to um carry out horrific things on people you know whether it because because of who they love or how they look uh, we've seen it accelerate now under uh, the last administration and now they don't want to go back. We saw Nazis marching in Madison, Wisconsin over the weekend. This is something, what is happening? 
So we have got to figure out, and I and I have to sit down and figure out what the map is for our conversations. And I want to thank Jerry Walski, who's been uh, working very hard. He's a co-producer on the show, uh, tracking down folks who are doing the work in other states. Because we know that while Illinois is going to is essentially blue, has been for a very long time, and uh, we have got to work on, especially you guys, Wisconsin. We have to work with our our family in Wisconsin to help them get through get across the finish line in their races and to make sure that Biden is uh, is victorious in Wisconsin. And there are other states where we can help out and races that maybe we won't be able to flip the state. Uh, but I think that people are starting to come to the conclusion that what was uh, achieved by I guess I hate saying that he achieved anything, but he did. He achieved the goals of far right wing conservatives who hate women's autonomy, and that's how they got Roe v. Wade overturned by making sure that Gorsuch, Coney Island, I'm sorry, Coney, Amy Coney, I should, I know I shouldn't make jokes, but like, you guys, still at my core, I'm still a comedian, so I'm going to be uh, a little irreverent, but, uh, you know, with with Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and, uh, and Coney Bryant, um, they have achieved something that they have been working for since the 1970s, uh, and so this is going to be hard to claw back. It may take us that long, and it will definitely take us that long, if not longer, if we don't stay focused and committed to getting Democrats elected. Let's take a break here. Let's open up the phone line, 773-763-9278. What's on your mind today? 773-763-9278. That's the number to to call and uh, join our conversation or to text us, 773-763-9278. More in a moment on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez, on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. Opening up the uh, text line as well. And I want to say hi to our friend Sarah, the mobile groomer, and her mom who is uh, visiting and grooming with her today. Thank you for that photo, Sarah. You guys look fantastic. Oh, mom looks great. And uh, I love, oh, is that a, let me know if that's a, a Lassatees or is that a Maltese? I mean, not a Lassatees. I had a Lassatees, which was a Lassa Opso Maltese mix. Maybe that's a, a, I don't know, that's a very, very cute dog. And Larry in Wheeling, let me get through our text first and then I'll get to our phone calls. Larry says, uh, if I were the judge who was fi- has fined Trump $5,000 and then $10,000, I would make note of all the threatening statements by Trump and then double the fine with each additional threat or lie having to do with his court case. Yeah, there's a lot going on in these court cases. I mean, and I, the number of court cases that are going on around the country, whether it's, um, you know, making sure, try, you know, trying to keep him off the ballot or whether or not these gag orders violate his First Amendment right. I'm grateful for the, uh, the courts that said, you know, he is not the candidate. He is not the candidate for president of the United States yet. He has not gone through the primary and he, the uh, Republican National Committee has not appointed or made him the, their candidate. So he is, I mean, even though he's, you might have a camp pain. 
He's not a candidate. That's a good. That's such a good point. He is. He's. He is. I mean, he is a candidate, but he's not on the ticket. He. He has a campaign. Whether or not that results in him being the candidate for the Republican Party is a different thing. And he is. He is a private citizen who is being charged as a felon. And I really appreciate the courts making that decision today. That they, there there will be limits to what he can say in relation to his case, uh, which is appropriate. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We have uh, from the 847, the MAGA masses need a boogeyman they can demonize to make themselves feel better, better about themselves. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Hey, I, I, you know, I wish everything, you know, was somebody else's fault in my life. And I get there sometimes, you know, I, I, if this hadn't happened, if that person had done this, I get and I get and I have my rage. You guys have heard it sometimes. Uh, for me, I don't I don't blame those people for my life going badly, I want them to be held accountable. There's a difference. I don't think there's, you know, whether it's uh, where I am in my career, which I'm very proud of and I've worked very hard. Could I, do I wish that the other things had turned out differently? But sometimes it's about timing. It's about being prepared. And we all, but these folks just seem to like, just, you know, it's somebody else's fault. Uh, and, and if it is somebody else's fault, hold them accountable in very specific ways, not in these sweeping terms, not these moms of liberty who don't want their kids reading a book that might mention something that they don't want their kids to read and yet have a president at a rally talking about golden showers and hookers. Are you kidding me? I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was listening to the Palatini. I think it was yesterday. And uh, I, I don't know if it was Megan or Dan. They were talking about hitting the counter. And I, I, I you guys, I do it too. We get, we get passionate about these things. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else did I miss here? Time to work. Yes, it is time to work. It's time to get things done, folks. Uh, from the th- the uh, Patty, I don't click on any ads. Doesn't matter if I follow them or not. The tweeter is being minimized. I'm not reading crap, so someone makes a buck. I agree. Agree. It's monetized. Um, oh, it's being minimized. You meant min- monetized instead of minimized. I got you. It's, the whole thing is yeah. yeah. I mean, all social media is monetized, and and I'm guessing that article that I clicked on about C.S. Lewis uh, warning us about pronouns. Woo! Not pronouns. Not respecting someone when they ask you to to address them a certain way. These people are such garbage. Why did I? Why am I so angry today? It's Monday. Oh, I know what it was. It was traffic. That's what happened. All right. Let's get to, uh, ooh, Elliot. Elliot wants to talk uh, about fascism. Let's talk about it. Hey, Elliot, what's on your mind? <laughs> I I don't know about uh, if we're going to deep dive in fascism, but I was just telling the, uh, the guy that picked up the phone that I'm just so disappointed. And I'm glad you're treating the moment with the seriousness that it deserves. You know, this is scary. Yes. All right. Joe Biden is having a solid presidency. Yes. He's getting stuff done. And yet he's losing support on his approach to Ukraine, Israel, foreign policy. Like, are are these people even reading the news? Right. Are they even keeping track? Right. Um, And then, you know, your average run of the mill Republican is basically allowing the dissolution of this great democracy we have. And we're going back to like ancient times now. And this is super scary. And I'm glad you're treating this. I'm glad we're all kind of Trump derangement syndrome happening right now, because um, we can't go back to, you know, 13 percent unemployment and a terrible approach to a pandemic. I mean, we had governors on on eBay looking for respirators. I mean, we want to go back to that. That was successful. Yeah. 
You know, you know, the comptroller of Illinois had to send somebody to a McDonald's parking lot with cash in order to get the, the equipment and the supplies that we needed in Illinois. Did you know that? This is these are there's stories no. like you mentioned all over the country where we we were like, okay, we we need to dedicate this to PPP. We need to get, as you mentioned, respirators. We need to get you know make sure that our first responders have gloves and hand sanitizer and masks. And we were scrambling because the federal government was doing jack crap about it. Sorry, you're making me. Patty, do you remember? Do you remember when Trump said we got to stop testing because rates go up every time we we have more COVID tests? Yeah. Oh, oh, we could go down the whole list. Remember when he said it would be gone by Easter? (laughs) Remember? I mean, what the? Right. Yeah. And our our federal our federal debt is going to be zero. Yes. All of it. And, and they don't care. And, and, like, even if you show them, here's like, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted a hold of a video of some elected when they, they're like, I never said that. And to show them the video. This happens all the time. So to, to his supporters, you hold the video, they'll think now with AI, they're never going to believe anything again. That's the other problem. AI is going to screw us even harder. Yeah, because yeah. they already think that they're in some kind of like fantasy role playing game. Yep. You know, um, yes. They're, they're in a complete dysphoria. They're not connected to reality. I just, I hope that people start Googling soon, why is Trump in jail? Because then they're going to get the backstory, hopefully, and they're going to say, oh, wow, this guy actually broke laws, and, and then it's a bad thing. But who knows if that, if that kind of logic is even going to play in, into the situation when he goes to jail. I, I have no idea. Right, yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Thanks, Patty. Thank you, Elliot. Great to hear from you. Look forward to talking to you again, my friend. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we, by the way, we have an update on Sarah, the mobile groomer. I'm going to, I'm just trying to sprinkle in some humor in here because I am, I am on a tear today. I'm angry and Elliot and I are, we are in agreement. Uh, she says that the pooch that they are currently, uh, grooming is a Shih Tzu poodle. Noah's an expensive and lovable mutt. Uh, so cute. Okay. Let's get, a, okay. See, once in a while you need kittens, you need dogs, uh, and then you talk politics. That's, that's just how we roll here. Let's go to, uh, oh, Dynamo Dave we haven't heard from. In a bit in Minnesota. How you doing? How you doing, Dave? Oh, hey, Perceptive Patty. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, and I wanted to wish you, uh, all your listeners, your broadcast team, everybody in Chicagoland, a happy Thanksgiving. I'm so grateful you have your show and your platform. Thank you. Me too. Me too. Woo. Thank you, WCPT um, and, and KTNF in your neck of the woods, 9.50 a.m. Yeah, uh, to the last caller's point and others and yours, uh, first of all, uh, Trump just strange uh, derangement syndrome. You think about that. That's the ultimate in double speak. Some think tank came up with that. Right. But that actually, that's describing the, the yes. MAGA yes. crowd. Yeah, you they're know, that's, deranged. That's totally the, yeah. Right. They're the crazy. And then you remember uh, when Trump... Uh, um, uh, testified at his civil trial in New York. Uh, I, who was it? Somebody was commenting who was right there saying, uh, man, this is crazy town. <laughs> you know, they gave like 10 different adjectives, but it was mainly around crazy. And it's like, there's, I mean, Trump's the, the master derangement person, deranged person. And then his followers, they give, you know, by, by the mass media, or I should say the corporate media, giving him a platform it does give people the permission to think these crazy backwards thoughts. Yeah. And one more thing. 
you know, the uh, corporate media, it's just like Facebook. They're trying to get eyes on glass, whether it's the newspapers, corporate newspapers, corporate uh, news websites, corporate, uh, you know, net TV networks and cable networks. They're trying to get people to watch. And they have these commercials, they sell commercials, and the only way to get elected president is by having tons and tons of commercials. So they're profiting. So it's in their best interest to keep a horse race going, a close one between Biden, omitting, omitting all, you know, many of the good things that Biden's up to and, uh, and not focusing on Trump's, you yeah. know, failures, his, his, uh, what appears to be some form of cognitive decline in all of his makes, they make a big to do about Biden and, but, but not about Trump's, at least most of them don't. And it's just, but I think it's due to the corporate media. They just, they want to keep it tight and close. Otherwise, you know, if it's a landslide, they're not going to get as much money. You know, it could be a landslide, but they would not get as much money in commercial ads. Right. And eyes on glass. Who's going to watch? You know, if it's like, you know, it's like watching one of them football games where one team wins like by 50 points to zero. Right. Nobody wants to watch that stuff, you know. No. It just gets boring after a while. No. Look, so, look the media is like, you know, do you remember why CNN, the, the day that CNN exploded and became such a powerhouse in, in news coverage? Do you, do you know the story uh, that made them that back when Tiananmen Square occurred? It was the little girl in the well, because they remember everyone was just waiting. Oh, to, to oh the well, the well in Texas. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was in Texas, but there was a little girl in a well, and there was round yeah. the clock coverage, and we were just waiting because we, you know, ultimately most of us thought she wasn't going to make it. That's what, it's like people who drive by a car wreck, right? Everyone's got to slow down to stop and mm-hmm. look at that. They're not looking to see, you know, uh, you know, whatever. They, they're not. They're mm-hmm. only stopping when there might be when there might be blood and carnage. Yep. Yep. Right. That's, right. That's human nature. They're they're. Uh... They're taking advantage of human nature to look at the train wreck. Yeah, exactly. It, that, but that and, was what uh, that wall to wall coverage, right? And then they they were they carried the new the the news of the war live, right? So when we invaded Iraq, remember we could see the soldiers mm-hmm. like as they were entering. They had reporters there. They want they want all the blood and carnage. And they're with Biden. It's a lot of positive news. It's helping you know people with their student debt, with uh, investing in infrastructure, with lowering the costs of of medication. That's not you know people are like huh. That's and again, it's only if it's scary. If it's racist, if it's ageist, that's the only stuff that they want. If it's negative, if it's mean, that's the stuff they want to carry. Thanks for calling, yeah. Dave, Dynamo Dave. Have a great Thank night. You. Thank you. I got to run to the break. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's take a what's what is a definition? Uh, I think there's lots of definition. But anyway, let's take a break here and take more phone calls. The phone lines are lighting up 773-763-9278. That's the number to call and join our conversation. And you can also text as well. And thank you for the pictures of the pooch, Sarah. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. 
folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are back at continuing our conversation. I was... uh Expressing my concerns over some of the things I've seen over the weekend. Uh, let's, let's start with Chad, because Chad seems to have a question, maybe. Hey, Chad, what's on your mind? Hey. Hey. Democrat. Now now turned, uh, I guess, one of these mentally deranged MAGA people. So I was uh, a guy that, I was a guy that uh, for 25 years, I had to put body armor on and go to work every day as a police officer, okay? I had to serve gays, lesbians, black, brown, Asian, didn't matter. Um, I give to food for the poor. Uh, I go to church. Um, I help out whenever I can. But yet, it's it, it's sort of offensive to be lumped in as a crazy, deranged MAGA person. When for for years I served my community. Who's who's lumping you in with them? Well, I, I guess I mean I'm, I'm taking it that if I vote for Trump, uh, I'm a crazy, deranged MAGA person. So is it well, would it be accurate or no? I have no idea. What what draws you to Trump? Uh, well, a couple a couple things. Uh, we were energy independent. We were a net exporter of oil. We had the lowest unemployment in 45 years. Uh, we had gas prices, as you know, in Chicago that were under $2 at one point. My portfolio I, was doing great. Um, okay, let's, you let's, know, my, my, my in-laws Hold on a second, can Chad, now struggle. Chad, Chad you gave yep. me a list of things. You gave me, two, just, you, gave, no, you gave me two lists. And I, yep. So let's say the first part I'm not going to challenge because that's, you know, you said you had to. I, I, you had to protect people who were of color, who were gay, gay, lesbian, chose, LGBTQ. Chose to. No, you said no. No, you said, no, 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 you said you had to. That's what you said. You didn't say you chose to. In the first, when you first well, started, I, I no, chose but you to said, took the job. I understand that. You but, chose to be. I chose to be a police yes, officer and, in and, that duty, and I'm grateful for and that. that duty I had. But you right. said okay. you had to, which is fine, because that's that's true. You have to, and I would I would right. hope that you would. Um, so you gave us all the, all the things that you do, and those are great things. Um, but you're giving me a list of things. Energy independent, I don't agree with. Uh, I don't remember gas it being works. Under, it's a under, fact. You can look it up. Okay, I'll look it up right now. Was the United States energy independent under under? Uh, let's see. Uh, Energy. I have to do. I'll do it in real time, and I'll just keep talking while I'm doing that. Uh, independent yeah. under starting in roughly 2017 under to, to the administration. That's a fact. Uh, let's see what which factors determine U.S. energy independence. U.S. energy independence soars to its highest level in over 70 years. When did that happen? When did yeah, U.S. We, when did, no? When did it soar to, to its highest level in over 70 years? Tell me that. This year, uh, this, I, I, this, I don't. It, this year. Well, dirt, were we? Well, the question is: Are we independent now in our own energy? We here, were selling our own despite oil. Despite claims in those of Trump, just here, let me hold on a second. Despite claims of Trump era energy independence, the U.S. never stopped importing foreign oil. Before, b- both before and after Russia's invasion of Ukraine contributed to a spike in U.S. gas prices. Various Republicans bashed 
President Biden for supposedly abandoning Trump era energy independence. These Republicans have fostered the impression that the energy independent U.S. did not need energy from Russia and elsewhere under Trump, but then under Biden has been forced to buy this foreign energy once more. The truth is that the U.S. was never close to genuine independence from foreign energy in the Trump era. It's a political phrase, not a literal phrase. Despite how Trump and others have made it sound, it does not mean the U.S. was ever going it alone. So I'm going to leave that there uh, 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 at that point. What else did you say your your portfolio, your stock portfolio was doing well? Congratulations. Uh, let's see. Let's see if the gas prices were under $2. Hold on a second. You asked me to, to do my research. I will do it in real time. Was gas... Well, ever, I mean, are you are you checking Reuters? Are you checking no, CNN? I, not, I mean, come no, on. No, neither one of those. Was gas ever you under... Know, we could probably have a what, beer and talk about it for hours, but... No, it, you, you called know. this show and we're doing it right now. Was gas ever under $2 under Trump? Uh, let's see, one second. Under Trump. I'm sure we could do it over gas. Uh, over, uh, but here's the thing. If we were having beers, I would be on my phone doing the exact same thing. So hold on a second. Uh, gas prices when, when Trump left office. Uh, former president has been attacking Biden over this increase in gas prices and, and greatly exaggerating the size of that increase. Look, when I left, gas was $1.87. So I'm assuming that's what you're, what you're referring to. And that was a year ago. And now I guess it's hit seven fifty in California. The rest to follow. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, in another Fox News interview that aired Trump claimed the, the gas increase was even higher. Let's see. Facts first. Both of Trump's claims about gas prices at the time he left office were off by more than 50 cents per gallon. The national average for regular gas in his last day was uh, what was going on when gas was under was uh, was two dollars. What was happening? You tell me what was happening in January 20th of 2020. Why? Why? Weren't I know people, we were still. Why weren't people we were driving? still. We, oh, the, oh, the pandemic. Yes, so, correct. I get it. Right, yes. right, right. Yeah. Okay. I was driving. All my family members were driving. All of my friends were. were driving. We were. We sure, were. We were all driving. I, I had. Yeah, I had a you job. I was not keeping the gas prices under under three dollars. Why were gas prices under three dollars? Well, let me, I mean, but, it's, but it doesn't it's, matter if you were. Driving. I'm not. I don't care about globally. I exactly. care about Chicago, Illinois. What we were paying. No, you just said you were driving because you don't care about anybody else. You had to protect people of color and, and LGBT population. Talking like, about all your language low-income is, people. Uh, okay. Wait a minute. Okay, go ahead. Patty, uh-huh. Low-income people, middle-of-the-road people, blue-collar people uh-huh. were paying during that time. And I remember specifically gas dipped below two, $2. But it wasn't why? for a long time. But, again, but I'm talking about the concerns of us. No, me, Chad, former Democrat. I'm asking you why. You told me a bunch of things. You said that we were energy independent. You said that gas was under $2. I told you that, that we were never energy independent. You said that gas was under $2. I'm asking you why it was under yes. $2. You said, well, I was driving. That's I, I not what I asked you. a lot of it. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that we were a net exporter of oil. I think uh, a lot of it had to do with the rate of inflation during that time. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, I, I'm not a financial expert. I don't have my own radio show to, to dig in for hours and, 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 you know, speak about it. But I, I do know what gas and groceries were back then. Uh-huh. And it's quite simply, you know, it's quite simply higher now. And again, that's why I left the party. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to uh, glamorize anything about either party, but I, I look at what's what's you know real as far as what's going on in, sure. in most uh, hardworking that's people's fair. lives. You know, that's fair. And I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying so, that uh, Donald Trump is is the savior and bringing him back is the savior, but it, it kind of seems that we get lumped into this uh, negative uh, mindset, no, no, no. And, and we're Chad. not. Chad, 
Chad, you uh, go ahead. you came in and said, "Am I deranged?" Right? I don't know you. No, I, no, no, no. You I did. Said, you did I ask. What are the MAGA people? No, I no. said, "What are the, what <laughs> yeah, is the you, definition of you, the deranged?" No, you specifically MAGA said, people. "You said if I'm voting for Trump, does that make me deranged?" And I said, "I don't know you." And oh, then you introduced okay. yourself as a police okay. officer, right? Okay. So, Fair enough. so you so you internalized that without my saying that you were a deranged. Talking to you, I don't think you're deranged. I think you have life experiences that inform your decision to choose Trump. That's where I think you're coming from. I'm talking about the people okay. who don't care. And, and here's the thing. If you're voting for Trump and you don't care that he sexually assaults women, that he says he can. Like, I mean, you oh, have no you have I'm no. Out. Yes. Do you know who Tara Reid is? Yes, I do. OK. And, and all, so Tara Reid's claims are all false. Hold on a second. Because if we're going to compare, let's compare apples hers, to apples. If we're going to okay, accuse so one, let's accuse. Chad. Trump has been found guilty in court. Tara Reid has has not taken that to the courts. So why why is somebody she, who? So oh, hold, on, hold on, go ahead. She was found guilty in a, in a civil. Yes, she uh, of course, and he got the fair shake having some sort of trial in New York, where ninety five percent of everybody voted against the man. But Wait. let's let's not get into that. It, 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 both both men were probably wrong in each case. No, let's just move no. on from that. No, I won't, Chad, because as a woman, okay. when when a man runs right. on say right what, right what? Oh, Ter- no, well, no. I guess Tara no. Reid was wrong. Did, so, did, right? so did Biden? Her claims, did Bi- right? Stop. Did Biden say on stage, "I grabbed Tara Reid, or I can grab any woman by the vagina," and because that's what you can do when you're when you're famous? A- did he ever? Absolutely do th- wrong. Absolutely okay. wrong. And and, and would then, never and stand did, for it. And then, do you think what? that 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 President what? Biden also mocked a disabled reporter, or do you dismiss that as people exaggerating that? that? Tell that again, to tell it to the mother who does that. What was that? I disagree with it. It's not disagree. It's not disagree. It makes makes them somebody. Don't condone it. Well, it's not something to condone. That's what you vote for. That, and it's not just that. That leaks into that seeps into everything he does. Okay, so I guess if you vote for Biden, then you vote for somebody who groped a woman named Tara Reid. Okay, let's see. Okay, the sexual next, allegation. Next, you know, Hold on, a second. I'm trying. To, I'm go, You asked me to research all these things. Uh, let's see. Women who so Tara Reid, who says who's accused President Biden. Where does she live now? By the way. Where does she live? Google going. I don't. Russia. I'm not sitting in front of a computer. She moved to Russia. Okay. Uh, congratulations for yeah, her. Great. Exactly. Okay. Good. What else you got? Okay. So she. So so I guess she's a liar because she moved to Russia. Okay. No, that's not why so, she's. Again, that's not why if, she's a liar. Oh, uh, okay. That's not that, why she's I mean, a liar. We can, we, we can go round and round as far as that goes. Both men have said things and done things. That are uh, and, and, not supportive. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I, seriously. Go ahead. Right? No, go ahead. Yeah. No. I, I, go ahead. No. This so, is. Go ahead. So, so again, I, I, I'm looking at the the big picture that that affects me and my family uh, as far as who I'm voting for. You know, politicians will be politicians. We can agree on that. But, but uh, the, the the simple facts of life living now. Uh, is is more of a struggle, and and I think that's what a lot of uh, the, at least the former Democrats that I hang out with kind of say the same thing. And I, and I think if I was going to try to go back to the party, well, I need something more it, to go financial. on other than the orange man is bad. You know, I mean, everything that we're talking about 
is okay. uh, no. not, not constructive. We, well, here, know? we'll talk about the energy independence, which is not accurate. His relationships with Putin, with meeting with, uh, with dictators and essentially elevating them. You know, that the, the quid pro quo, the Ukraine memo. Now, we're not talking about any, you know, any of the culture politics, the identity politics, right? That's something I'm sure we would spend hours talking about. And I'm, I, I, sure. so that, that's fine. But fundamentally, yeah. the, the role that he played in diminishing our foreign strength. And I know that everybody thinks that it's something else. What he I, did with Iran, I, what I he did with, with Russia. All, I, of course, I, I get that. But you're saying that so your life is worse than it was in 2019. And it's all Biden's fault. I, you, you can't just pin it on one man. And that's why I when agree. you try to blame Trump, it's, a, it's the same thing. You know, and, and it goes both ways. I get it. I've heard, like I said, I was a hardcore Democrat, hardcore, and I gave up on my party. But if you got your computer up, you, you mentioned Trump and, and Russia and that kind of thing. There was an article in The Hill uh, back in 2018. Now, The Hill, of course, is not a very right, uh, right-wing or right Republican favoring publication. But there's an interesting article, and I think you can Google it. It says President Trump is tougher on Russia in 18 months than Obama is in eight years. It's a very interesting article. And if, you know, again, these are the points that some of my Democratic friends never have heard about before because it doesn't ever get out there. Uh, if somebody were to come along and be dead center, middle of the road, there might be a way to get through this uh, monotony. Uh, and I just don't think it's out there because there's too many people that are going to, again, point the finger at Trump or point the finger at Biden. You can't point it to one man. It, it, it's more it's, it's bigger than that. I'm trying uh, to find your article. You said, you said it's uh, Trump tough on Russia, tougher on Russia than Obama. Trump, uh, I, I, I don't quote me. I believe it's Trump is tougher on Russia in 18 months than Obama in eight years. And it was an article written uh, by The Hill. Uh, July of 2018, I think it was. It's a very interesting article. And it, it, these points uh, that I recall in that article. The sanctions. The sanctions. Seem to get brought up. Yeah, the sanctions directly. Yeah, but, right. this, but, that, but the article was written in 2018. And. I, well, go ahead. Well, it, it was during the man's administration. So for those people that are, and, and you know they're out there, and like I said, I, I'm enjoying having a, a back and forth. I really am. Uh, because a lot of the people I talk to shout you down. They won't let you talk. And you bring up these articles and people are scratching their heads going, why, why did I never hear this? And, and that's because on a lot of mainstream media pe- platforms, it, it, that stuff's not getting out there. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm digging into the this one about uh, Trump being. Uh, so in 2018, they felt that it was, you know, his sanctions against Putin were much more forceful than anything that Obama had done in eight years. Uh, I'm, and I'm trying to find that part. I can't, uh, you know, the relationship that he developed for uh, Putin to have the ability to invade Russia. I mean, invade Ukraine came after 2018. The quid pro quo when he would not give Ukraine any aid in order to fortify their resources was in 2019. Well, OK, you know, again, Obama was caught on a hot mic saying he'll be more flexible with Russia. So, you know, we can go back and forth on, on that. And then the article is pretty in depth. Um, but. You know, again, I'm just trying to call and have a, a civil conversation about the, the MAGA movement. And I guess I'm a MAGA guy now, a former Democrat. Uh, but I think it's because of 
what my life has changed over the last six years uh, and, and what my family's been having to deal with as well. And But, again, sometimes I think the MAGA, quote-unquote, people t- take a little bit of offense to that label. My mother was a, a immigrated from Germany, from communist East Germany, uh, in, in, in the early 60s. I've got German heritage, yet I'm a neo-Nazi. I'm a white supremacist when, when people call... Uh, well, Republicans, okay. you know, again, again you're giving me a list of things and, and I, and I know I'm yeah. proud of my, my parents heritage as well. Uh, yeah. You know yeah. what? I will say this. I will say that when you align with people who, how about here? How about this? Did Trump win the election in 2020? That's, that's probably a good place to start. I should have started there. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, if we're going to go down that whole, you know, conversation no, did, no, again, that's just, another. Did, did, you no, can, did Biden you can win? At, did President he, Biden win the election? Yes, well, yeah, he 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 won the election with the help of the platforms of of Facebook. Uh, of, you know, seventeen percent of independent voters so, would have voted for Trump if if Facebook wouldn't have and the FBI wouldn't have promoted the suppression of the Hunter laptop story. You can oh research that. <laughs> okay. So so it's so, about Russia so helping it's, it's Trump in twenty fifteen. So I mean but we don't we don't we're we're done with that. So I mean if, if it, we're gonna say it's, it's unmanipulable Okay, but but you don't think it's that you don't think that Biden you look at the, But you agree that the Capitol rioters shouldn't have done that. It, the again, being former law enforcement, absolutely, there were people there that were stirred and, and did things illegally, and they should have been held accountable. Excellent. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. Great. I'm no so glad you called, Chad. I've got to get to another uh, phone call because I know my phone lines are lighting up now. <laughs> it we, was a pleasure. Thank it you, was Chad. a pleasure, and I want real quick thank you. Thank you for <laughs> giving me the time. Absolutely. Take care. Uh, Roosevelt, I know you want to—I I, I was going to put you on the air together, but I thought that that might not go great. So go ahead, Roosevelt. I've got to let you answer uh, but well, first of all, I want to say my head. Yeah. My head. Thank you for, first of all, thank you for taking my call, Patty. Yes. I, you know, thank him for being a for being a, a police officer. I thank him. But here's the thing. You don't have to look up anything but one thing. All the things that he said. It's on video. You don't have to. I know. Did he, did he, Okay, do you the, the gentleman spoke about being tough on um, on Russia. Russia? Yeah. When I, when I saw this is just me. When I saw Helsinki, when he said that he he trusted more the word of a killer, of uh, the leader of Russia, over our intelligence for the uh, election interfering of Russia in 2016 against Hillary Clinton. The guy was licking the other guy's boots. Do you remember? I wonder if, if, if do you remember when they said that Obama was an apologist? And he kept on bowing down to everybody. Remember when Obama went to Havana, Cuba with the, with the Pope and he was sitting alongside of Raul Castro? I mean, the heads exploded on the right. OK, yeah. but here's the thing. The things that he did. Now, he's picking and choosing 
what he likes about him. You can't. You, know, you got to take the whole thing, the whole I, enchilada. I agree. That's the what way I was trying to. Come. That's what I was trying to get at. But I mean, they're going to go. Yeah, I know. I mean, to equate the, to, equate, and to equate to equate the allegations of of sexual harassment from Tara Reid. Look, I have I have uh, you know filed a report of sexual harassment, and that person continues to do what they want. It's different than actual sexual assault and campaigning on. You can grab somebody. It, it, it's all locker room yeah. talk. All those things. And I'm getting so many texts, you guys. That and some I, I have not <laughs> more than one text. More than one text that says this guy was never a Democrat. I don't agree with that because if you think about, well, if you think about, if you want, yeah, I'm just it saying. It doesn't matter. I, I agree. It doesn't matter. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We serve and protect. That's the motto of the police, Chicago Police. Who are they serving and protecting? People. Right. His own people. Trump's people said that he was responsible for more than 400 deaths because he didn't do jack right. about COVID. About COVID. Remember when he said you were going down memory lane earlier and saying that yeah. everything yeah. was going to be yeah. over. I know. That's, that's on video. I know. The gentleman doesn't have to. You don't have to. That's on video. And when, it, when things got <laughs> tough, screams. when things got tough. Things got tough. He handed it over to that knucklehead, his vice president. What does he know about COVID? I know, I know Rosa. Really? I, I wish I could let you go on, but I've, I, uh, I, I wanted to. I wanted to see if I could get to some place that made sense there before, but uh, no, but, but now a lot not. of people are calling. You're I, not, I know. I know. He's playing. He's playing the what aboutism game. Yep. Not, I know. I was trying. You know, to, I was trying to direct away from that. Game. I agree. I was trying to direct away from that, but I, we couldn't get there. Yeah. He's picking and choosing. He's picking and choosing. Everything that Trump and now he's fine. What about what he said about Mexican? We should have all said something because he could have said it about his, yeah. you know, other people like Italians. But because it was Mexicans, Mexicans don't count. Right. And, and on his behalf and, and people that are uh, like you said, like the reporter, the young man that he he mocked. That's not something minimal. No, nope. that's, that's for me. It disqualifies them to be a leader. It simply that. does. Yep. And as far as I'm going to close it with this, as far as January 6th, he invited them right six months earlier. That doesn't count. I know. And what about the police officers that were hurt? And He's just said, last week. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I got I got to run. Not, yeah. <laughs> Go let me say one more thing. Just last week. Don Esposito had one of the police officers officers that had I don't know how many operations that was there. You, you know, the, the gentleman from Haiti. Haiti. He's a Latin, uh, uh, born in Haiti. And he said that the, that Trump was responsible. He was right in the mix. So that Fatone, remember? Remember I, Sergeant Fatone? You can't say, with you all say one more thing and then ask me to remember something. I got to run, uh, Roosevelt. I got to go. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Everybody, come on. All right. I have to ask Jim, Dave, and Steve if they'll hang on because I've got to go to the break into the news and we have a guest. So uh, I want to keep uh, this conversation again, uh, but we have a, a wonderful guest from uh, Wisconsin who's running for office coming up in just a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. <laughs> Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, 
hello. We want to say hi to our friends in Minneapolis, St. Paul, listening on KTNF 950 AM. And we want to welcome to the show our good friend, Brittany Ruland, uh, she's a uh, she's going to tell us about the Iowa elections just two weeks ago and uh, tell us what's in store for Iowa coming up. Hey, Brittany, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm OK. <laughs> you guys are busy. You got a lot of work to do. Yes. Don't you? <laughs> yes, we really do. Yeah. Well, tell, tell us. A, we're go just ahead. getting started. Just getting started. <laughs> Did you get to rest at all after the elections uh, two weeks ago? Um, I have a little bit, but I'm helping um, consult and helping a couple of the local House candidates. Um, and we had decided previously that they were going to announce pretty much right after the election. So we had a lot of time to fundraise and do what we needed to do. So uh, maybe a couple days and then just right back at it. <laughs> awesome. We're, again, we're on the phone with Brittany Ruland, who is a, uh, a Democratic leader and advocate in Iowa. And we, so what what are some of the things that is there anything that jumps out at you that surprised you on election night in Iowa for some of the municipal races, some of the campaigns? Uh, I know that there were school boards, uh, there were mayoral races. What comes to mind for you on the results? Yeah, I think um, some of the most notable as far as like positive things that happened where um, the Johnson School Board was able to basically sweep that election um, for the Democrats, which was fantastic because they were up against a lot of like the Moms for Liberty endorsed candidates. And so really, really happy to see that happen. Obviously, that's been something we've been worried about for a while because they're just trying to infiltrate as many school boards as possible. Um, so that was really great to see. You know, on the flip side of that, Des Moines had some things that were a little bit concerning as far as like who won and who didn't. Um, the candidate I was working with for mayor lost by a really small margin, which is always, you know, difficult mm. to try to figure out what to do when you're losing by about 500 votes. So that's always hard. Um, and knowing that uh, there's just going to be a lot more situations that can turn out like that if we don't organize correctly. So just, you know, trying to learn from those experiences and use it as a teaching moment for a lot of people. Um, and then, you know, we just had, we just had some really great candidates for city council in Des Moines as well. Um, you know, there was one who was running against um, Councilman Joe Gatto, who I really hoped, and I think a lot of us really hoped uh, would win um, because Gatto is somebody that is oh, pretty open about taking money from, um, you know, dark money and somebody that's like openly uh white supremacists and things like that. So we were working really hard to get him out and uh, he ended up winning anyways. So that was just difficult to swallow that and knowing that that's still going on and still being supported. Um, and then, you know, there's some weird things that happened on the mayoral race that were just like, this seems excessive for a mayor's race where some people who supported financially Kim Reynolds supported our opponent um, with some dark money and just oh, really boy. went, yeah, and it was like <laughs> that's just a lot for a mayor's race. It just seems like there's a there's just a lot of things that are red flags with that, and so that's something we're going to keep a close eye on. Um, and it's you know it's hard to lose, but it's it's harder to lose knowing what could potentially take place after the fact. So so we'll see. But those are probably the most notable things. 
What are some of the takeaways? You mentioned that you, you know, there are things you're going to learn. I mean, like, you know, dark money from a very powerful and wealthy PACs are, you know, something that you can't control necessarily. And you just have to figure out a right. way to uh, strengthen your ground game and what the, the messaging is. I know that in other areas of the country where there were elections a couple weeks ago, you know, whether it was Kentucky or Ohio, that uh, abortion was top of mind for a lot of people. Virginia, uh, yep. you know, and but we talked to somebody uh, in the last half hour who's a Trump voter. And, for you know, a lot of the first is a lot of the, um, you know, the, the misunderstanding of how our economy works and who is, you know, who who's responsible or what elements contribute to how we uh, feel economic pressures. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to see that we have so much that's improving, whether it's wages or uh, unemployment. Uh, you know, we have a lot of investment in infrastructure. Are you having conversations with folks who are similarly saying things like, well, you know, I just don't think Biden's doing enough for the economy. How is that? How are we able to, you know, what are some of the ways that you see that we can strengthen those messaging messages? Yeah, I I definitely agree with like that. We're seeing things like that. I would say, you know, we did polling fairly early on um, and then did more polling again, closer to the election. I believe this is September. Uh, Abortion is definitely the number one issue um, on the democratic side, especially. Um, So that is, absolutely in the top three as far as the Biden piece of things. And like, like you said, things are getting better (laughs) and it's still like, Oh, he's doing a terrible job um, and trying to have those conversations. Um, I would say, you know, knocking doors, talking to people face to face is a really good way to gauge how serious of a situation we are in that going into 2024. Um, I would say, you know, as far as what we're talking to people messaging wise, it's, definitely a concern um, with voters here as well and just asking them. I had a really long conversation with a voter and and her son actually about it and they said you know I just think yes he's doing all these things but he's just not talking about it in a way that people feel like they're actually understanding what um, is going on and so there seems to just be this rhetoric that's getting around and so um, yeah, no, I think in general, learning from that, uh, not just in the mayor's race, but I think just overall, you know, talking about the bigger picture and not necessarily like naming Biden in general, I think is really good because if we just have conversations about what's really happening, and what the economy looks like and things like that without putting one person, um, messaging wise in front of that, sometimes it's, um, able to be listened. It doesn't fall on deaf ears as much, but that being said, we're in a situation where there is still a lot of people who are struggling since the pandemic and student loans just restarted and all that different stuff. And the more that we talk to people and tell them that their concerns are not, you know, being listened to, the harder it's getting. And so I think that that's where some of that um, resentment and stuff is coming from. So trying to make sure messaging comes out correctly It's going to be huge. And until people's basic needs are met, like housing that's affordable and, you know, the groceries aren't costing more and all those things that nobody even really has the time to think about any of the other stuff that's going on that's good. So I think that's the key. It's interesting with the grocery prices because I, you know, in Chicago, we've had mergers of these big grocery companies and a lot of the neighborhood grocery stores go away. Uh, You know, there's a lot there's a lot of food deserts and, you know, there are there's a scramble to try to figure out, like, whether it's co-ops. I know that there, you know, Mayor Johnson has floated the idea in Chicago of having a city run grocery store because there are communities where, you know, whether it's uh, Whole Foods or Mariano's don't want to invest in in neighborhoods, you know, whether it's been an issue uh, 
of you know putting the money there. Uh, and there are places actually right. in I think in Florida, Missouri, where they're they're finding some success with that. But you know that's the other part of this is that grocery the grocery prices aren't again only a reflection of the president. It's also like hedge fund investors. Uh, it is yep. driving out the mom and pop grocery stores, which Democrats fight for, and somehow. Right. But that's a hard message to get across that Republicans can help consolidate the powerful wealth, right? The wealth to, to help them exactly. accumulate more of that. And that comes from Republicans protecting corporate, you know, tax breaks and uh, yep. you know, all, all the tax credits for the wealthy. And that's not a, that's not a sexy message, is it? Nope, it's not. And that's <laughs> it's so it, it's exactly right. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there was just like, well, let's talk about what has actually taken place over the last few years and who was actually in charge of that. And yes, it's happening now, but that's a trickle down effect that we're seeing because of the person who was in charge and the Republicans putting those things in place. And yeah, it's people just go, well, it's happening right now. It didn't happen under them. Well, it did happen under them. We just didn't see the repercussions until now. So, yeah, exactly. What can we do to support uh, some of the uh, the folks running for office in Iowa? What what races are top of mind for you heading into 2024 in addition to the presidential race? Yeah, so uh, the 3rd Congressional District um, where Cindy Axne lost by just such a small margin in the midterms, that one's going to be huge. Um, we've had one person... Um, who has announced officially, and that's uh, Lenon Bacom. And so he is um, a veteran. He's somebody that's, uh, you know, been here for, I'm, I can't remember how much time. I haven't actually gotten to speak with him directly, but um, we've I've heard some really great things. I've been able to talk to some folks who are working with him. I know the DTRIP is excited to work with them as well, um, assuming that there's not a primary. But that's definitely going to be one of the biggest ones. Um, for us, besides the presidential, um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out with the caucuses now, since we're not first in the nation. Um, and so that's going to be something that I'm keeping close eye on because I'm very, very curious as far as resources. So anything um, financially that you can donate, um, you can just Google Lanon, the com. And uh, definitely Vax Blue set up and everything. So that's going to be some of the biggest um, stuff going on here. And then we just have some really highly contested, targeted races on the state side. Um, so Matt Blake is um, going to be running for one of the biggest um, Senate races coming up. And then uh, we've got a race that I'm helping on so far um, is her name's Tiara Mays. Sim, she just got married, so <laughs> so I changed the last name there. I almost forgot that. Um, so she is running for House against Eddie Andrews, and that's somebody that we've been wanting to get out. You know, right wing extremist as well, and so that's going to be a great race. She announced um, last week we're going to have a campaign kickoff on the 14th, and any you know financial support there would be fantastic. Um, and then, you know, we've just got some incumbent races, um, like, uh, Sarah Trungariot, you know, she'll have to fight to keep her seat over the next chunk of time. And just a lot of people that now that the maps are redrawn are going to be, you know, difficult races and the, we're just going to have to fight really hard. So any of those would be super great. Um, house Truman fund would be the, um, entity that works with all of the House candidates and then Senate Majority Fund. I know I've mentioned them before, too. 
who works well with Senate candidates on the local level. So all of those are going to be a big deal. And what's the best website for us to go to learn more about the work that you're doing or maybe some social media handles so folks can follow the work you're doing as well? Yeah, I would just do um, my Twitter tends to kind of ebb and flow with how busy the student is. <laughs> Same. So, yep. so it definitely uh, is taking a little break over the last week or so. Um, but yeah, just uh, Brittany Ruland um, on Twitter or X is what it's called now, uh, which I keep forgetting. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I'm like, just still Twitter. Let's yeah. be real. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's on there. And then. Um, as far as like uh, stuff, we've got Facebook pages for Tiara Mays, um, and that's up. And then she's also got a website that's going to be launching um, that I can send you the info for to be able to look at that. Um, but you can just Google as far as Axe Blue goes. You can definitely follow those folks there. Um, and then for uh, Lenon McComb's race, um, that would go and find out info on the D-Trip as far as the um, Axe Blue info. Um, and then you can kind of follow along there. But I know he's on Twitter um, and he's on Facebook, et cetera, already. And they've got some ads up. His announcement ad um, has already been airing. So I would Google that because it's a great ad, too. Outstanding. Thank you so much. And we look forward to talking to some of those candidates, too, as we head into the the very busy election season. Uh, Brittany, thank you yes. so much to you and everyone that you, you're working yes. with, uh, the volunteers, uh, the folks in your organization, uh, for you know really uh, getting out there, talking to people, meeting them where they are. We're just grateful for the work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for just bringing me back on so I can talk about it. I think it's important that we're all working together as much as we can and happy to connect you with any candidates. Um, If you want to interview them or anything over the next period of time, just reach out and hopefully we'll get to talk again soon. Perfect. Be well and uh, pace yourself, my friend. Pace yourself. Thank you. Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah. Take care. (laughs) I'm trying. Have a good night. (laughs) Thank you. Absolutely. Talk to you later. Thank you. When I come back, we're going to take your calls. I know some of you have been holding on for a while, and I am grateful for that. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. I want to thank our callers who've uh, been on hold uh, for quite a while. Jim, uh, you wrote out a few conversations there. How are you doing tonight, Jim? Uh, Patty, if you're taking transmissions from Pluto, <laughs> I'm going to get my space helmet out of out of the mothballs and put it on for the next broadcast. But anyway, anyway, my thoughts are with Rosalie Carter, yeah. one of the most lovely people that ever graced the stage of life. And back in when her husband was first running, she was interviewed by two. Uh, uh, these are dying breed journalists. But anyway. They asked her, what is his strong suit? She said, uh, he's not beholding to anybody. He doesn't, uh, he's not taking any big dough from anybody. He's not beholding, which is, uh, is the white buffalo today. But when you think of uh, Fox News was a twinkling in the eye of uh, Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. And you've got Charles Koch. You've got the Federalist Society. These police, these things didn't even exist back in the 70s, 50 years ago, about 48 years ago or so. They didn't even exist. And we're fighting a battle against, and Jimmy Carter would say this, and anybody with an earshot, we are being run by oligarchs in America. The billionaires have run amok in America. He said it to his day. The the poor man is at his deathbed. He said it every chance he got. 
And he was one of the most intelligent presidents we ever had, uh, for my money. But uh, that's what we're up against. We're up against, uh, uh, you know, a Republican uh, paid for and bought for uh, communication system. And then you throw in the Internet and you throw in uh, the Russians who are desperate to get Trump elected. They're yep. just like they were in 2016. Yeah. I mean, that alone, the fact that, that they, they're rooting for Trump to win should tell you all you need to know. That they carry Tucker Carlson on their, uh, on their networks is all you need to know. Right. Yeah. Oh, you're just a pair. You don't have to do many. I don't have any apparatus, but Tucker Carlson, he used to be the Swanson here. I wonder if I get one of those the Swanson dinners. <laughs> just when you were a kid, the Swanson turkey dinners. For, yes. Anyway, so I'd always get mad yes. when there was corn in my in my pudding. It was a, it was a brownie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we used to we, we see those in the yeah. in the seventies. But I, I don't know if Tucker was raised on those, but yep. that's where he got his money. Yep. But anyway, it's beside the point. It's just that I I don't have any fear at all about this election. I know that people are going to be going berserk, and you're going to right. be going nuts right. because you're you're going to take a kind of weird calls. You can imagine <laughs> as it gets closer. I know. It's fine. If it gets closer to if it gets closer to D Day, you know. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, Pay. <laughs> good luck. Thanks. Good luck. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Pay. Take care, Pay. Appreciate it. Uh, let's get the, taking the longest uh, callers on hold. So that was Jim. Now Dave. Thank you for hanging in there, Dave from Hoffman Estates. You heard a lot there yeah. in the last hour. Go ahead. Well, I, could have I did not think it was ever going to end with that one. You guys kept chasing the tail there. I know. You know, it's just like, I, I think he. I'm just out of practice. He claimed to be like, like from your text or say he claimed to be a, a former, former Democrat, Democrat, but right. I think he's one of them that he's probably going to get paid for punking. You know, you know by uh, <laughs> these uh, these people that call up liberal stations, you know, and they get money for it. But uh, the um, on um, like what Jim just said about the uh, Rosalind Carter, I, yeah, I did with him on that one because. Uh, as President Carter was the first the first president I voted for, and I remember I went with my mother, and she had such a look of pride in that that I got to go you know, vote and stuff with her, and then and then like I say, I served under him in the military, and Rosalind and that they just darling people. I didn't, to me they're like they were like angels on earth, you know that. And then yeah. but um, I don't know if you read the story earlier today where. That showing how Trump has no bottom. This creep showing how crass he was at an event in Iowa Saturday. Trump had mocked former President Jimmy yes. Carter. Yep. One day after the Carter family publicly confirmed First Lady Rosalind Carter had entered hospice, and right. you know, and um, he, and then uh, now that the love of his life and. Con- you know, everything that she was to pass. I just wonder how much longer former president will, you know, want to, will be around because, you know, he already was put in hospice back in around February. Right. So, yeah. And, um, the, um, and he was, a, he is a true Christian man, you know? I agree. And they, they, he, I he think embodied they it. He didn't just say it. He embodied it. He didn't say, he didn't oh, say, yeah. he didn't say he was a Christian and then treated poor people poorly, you know? Yeah. And then uh, they said something like um, this morning, like we're uh, former first lady and uh, pre- former president, that they did some with uh, even in Spanish, they were doing like this uh, learning to, you know, read, you know, the biblical stuff in Spanish right. and stuff and and how much 
former first lady did for, you know, the women and, you know, under, she was a dear lady, good lady in that. And, um, right. The, um, when you were talking, I was reading along from that too, there was a couple of fun facts here. I don't know, you know, is, um, where former president Carter had a better GDP than Trump did pre COVID. Mm. And, uh, Carter's GDP growth was 4.6, Trump's 2.5%. And if you include COVID, Trump averaged an anemic 0.9% GDP in his four years. The worst GDP growth since the Great Depression. Right. Oh, yeah. And then um, President Biden last quarter was at 4.9%. Yeah, and let's those, not forget. Those, yeah, when you put numbers out there for folks, though, I mean, like, we don't, it just doesn't, doesn't yeah, matter well, to them. I know it's for our own edification and reminders, uh, you know, to, yeah. to stay committed to the work. And don't forget when Trump left office, I believe the unemployment was about 9% with like 20 million people out of work. Right. And that, yeah. Um, but, and then when you're going on about what the President Biden had on the price of the gasoline and that, now I guess he, that must make uh, President Biden the king of the world because I seem to recall over in Europe and everywhere, everything has gone up. Yeah. And here there are he, people a, texting me that their gas is two ninety nine out by where they were. So I don't know. Well, Probably like Oklahoma or somewhere that, you know, where they do the fracking and everything, too. So Right. Yeah. That's, you know, well, well you know, anyway, let me let thanks. you get to the others. They've thank been holding, you, too. So. No, but thank you hey, so much uh, for holding happy on. Happy Thanksgiving happy, to you and your family and everybody. Happy, happy. Right? Keep the joy going. Thank you, Dave. And Steve from the Gold Coast. Hey, Steve, what's on your mind, my friend? Patty Bonin Vasquez. <laughs> oh, you bless it's your heart. Steve, I've missed you. It's not Steve from the Gold Coast. It's Steve from Chicago. I read that wrong. Hi. How have you been? Bless your heart, because you are so much more patient than I would ever be. Because I can tell you, just based on the, the, the lies that... I know we're lies. I don't believe he was ever a cop. I don't believe he was ever a Democrat. Oh, I think he was a cop. I don't know he that got, he was. I totally he got, believe he was a cop. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe really? it. I believe when he got his Fox talk, talking points, he said, and say you're a cop or a fireman or a oh, nurse. Oh, I see what you're saying. You want to be, you want to be that blue collar. No, no. Um, and he did that on. typical thing. Of, yes. He said, he said, the sky is green. You said, no, here's evidence. It's blue. Well, the grass is blue. No, here's evidence. Not well up is down. No, here's, you know, never, never. He's just like Trump. Never admit you're wrong. Never, you know, admit that you made a mistake. Keep spinning, keep spinning, keep spinning. And to address well, some of his, his specific points, yes, go ahead. I am making more money than I have ever made in my life. My stock portfolio is at the highest it's ever been. And yes, gas is still high, but two big reasons that, for that. Not as many people were driving during COVID. Right, that's what I was saying. The yep. Saudis, yep. Yeah, and, this, and, this, and the Saudis deliberately pumped a lot of oil to bring down prices. And Trump even bragged, he said, and when Biden got in, I said to the, my friends, the Saudis, raise the price. And that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. And, that, and that's, I think, for me, what I've been sort of twirling around my head is is the fact that we are not able 
to get a handle on the extreme wealth that has been consolidated by these corporations, by these foreign entities. And, and for some reason, you know, and look, I, I kind of, the reason I, I do believe that Chad is a cop, whether or not that, whether or not that's his real name, whether or not there's talking points, all those things, he reflects conversations that I have all the time in my neighborhood, Steve, with people. Like when he said, yeah. you know, if we grabbed a beer or whatever, um, and there was also that, like that sort of, um, that tone, right? I mean, like when people call it to- yeah. with talking points, there was a tone that was very familiar in the sense that like, I live in a community with first responders and they talk, yeah. we talk to each other like that. And I, and I laugh at them and, and they pat me on the head like I'm their cute little democratic friend. Uh, and they're little, look at the little, you know, the little progressive. They don't call me a socialist. Some people call me a socialist because they don't know what it means. But, uh, yeah. but I do. Th- and you're, cause you're a fascist communist. Right. Right. And, and, <laughs> cause and, they don't know what either right. of those mean. They just know they're bad. Right. And the reason I believe he was a cop, <laughs> but what do you think was the one word that made me believe he was a cop that I came back to, which was, he said he had to protect people of oh, color, yeah. uh, poor. And I was like, and the, the list of like, like those yeah. are like, like if he, if, if <laughs> the way he put it was. I wouldn't if I didn't have to. Yes. And in fact, when, <laughs> when nobody's watching. It was, that, that was the one where like that, that, that caught me. And, uh, and it was, yeah. and then he tried to, to, to deny that he had said that we have the audio and yeah. I wasn't the only one that caught it. The text screen lit up with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that, that was where I, I, I caught that for our friends listening in Minneapolis. You'll have to go back and listen to the whole show on tune in or something <laughs> <laughs> to, to hear that. But I'm out That's of practice. That's one way to drive traffic. Exactly. I'm, I'm out of practice. Uh, Cause when I was at another station that tended to skew a little more uh, conservative, it was every day, so I, I, it was easier for me to be yeah. on, on my toes. Um, but I, yeah. but I'm also not going to have a whole list of things. And I'm like, you know, you know me. I'm like, I, I got to grab it the, the first thing I can look up, and let's address yeah. that line by line. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not going to address the personal things, but like you said, your personal portfolio, your investments. That that happened a lot during Trump's administration. A lot of my, I, I'm not friends with people who would like say the most ridiculous things, and then I would I would provide evidence and and factual you know, spreadsheets and charts and everything. And they, and then they would delete their entire thread and then jump on my wall and attack yeah. me. Now they open it up to yeah. all my friends and then they, they'd slide in my DMS and be like, I thought we were friends. Hey dude, you, you want to put stuff out there and they don't like to be challenged. Right. And then yeah. like, and then the thing yeah. he said at the end, well, I don't have a two hour talk show where I could talk about these things all the time. Well then don't, don't come on here and spread lies about a laptop and about, yeah. <laughs> other, you know, now we're going to talk about Obama and Russia all of a sudden when, like you said, and here there's all kinds of texters who are talking about, remember when Trump met with Putin without anybody else in the room? Right. I mean, we yeah. have, uh, yeah, it's just a couple of things anyway. And that, that, that was something else I wanted to ask you about. Cause I was trying to puzzle it out. He was very specific that he knew that Russia article. He knew the month. He knew the um, the uh, source, et cetera, et cetera. He knew, but then he kept like backpedaling. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. And I was trying to figure out where he was going with that. Right. If, if you if you have something specific, why not say this is what it said? This is exactly what it says. I'm I'm print, I'm quoting it because I'm looking at it right now. Right. Yeah. Yep. Trying to figure out what his 
what the deal was there. Yeah, and, and as you know, I Google fast, and uh, he was asking me what it was. It's you actually- do. Oh my god. <laughs> But I was, you blow I, you blow me away when you do that. <laughs> so that was Newsweek. He asked what publication it was, and I. But it was funny because before he called, I was just googling um, the least biased publications. And so, for example, yeah. the example I got today was was kind of a negative on uh, on Biden's birthday. Like they gave three examples, yeah. and you know, one was uh, the far left is like, well, Trump's old too. Like those are the those are the far le- more left publications are like, you know, while it's Biden's birthday. Birthday. Let's talk about how old Trump is, and that's and that's I think valid as well. Uh, you know, uh, Newsweek was like an unhappy birthday for Biden because people keep talking about his age, which is not great. But you know, and 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 kind of balances it with Trump is old too, kind of a thing. And then of course Fox is he's old, he's senile, he's got Alzheimer's, he can't you know he looks like a Roomba on stage because you know all these different things. Um, so it was Newsweek. And as I keep saying, yeah. Get Trump, and I know Trump would never do this, but get Trump, get Biden, walk him out to a football field, have him walk the track. Whoever drops first, who do you think is going to drop first? Right. And after the fir- and after the first lap, speak to her, take questions from a reporter right. who's going to be out of breath and and you know red faced and panting. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm sorry to keep you on hold so long. I'm sorry to have missed uh, seeing no, you. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, as, uh, I'm glad you were able to bring me on. Yeah, have a good. great Thanksgiving. It's too. so good to hear from you, my friend. Have a great one. Take care. Have a good night. Right. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation at 773-763-9278. That's a number to call and join our conversation anytime. You can also text, and I will get to some of our texts because that screen blew up too. So <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, thank you to our friends in Minneapolis-St. Paul listening as well. All right, more in a moment. You're listening to WCPT 820. Here's the latest Chicago weather update. From the Weatherology Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Mulford. Scattered rain showers likely tonight, otherwise cloudy skies. Lows dip down to about 41. Winds out of the east, 8 to 15 miles an hour. Scattered rain showers again tomorrow. High temperatures reach up to 47. Cloudy skies. Lows level off around 34. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies. Sunshine mixed with clouds at times. Wednesday, with highs around 46. 47 Thursday. That's your latest Chicago weather update. Right now, it's 46. This is Chicago's Progressive Talk, 820 AM, WCPT Willow Springs, and online at WCPT820.com, where facts matter. I'm Shanola Hampton. Every day, millions of people face hunger. Today, I will share with you some of their experiences. I'm stuck between paying for medications or paying for food. John from Maine. After paying my bills, I can buy groceries. It's sad to say, food comes last. Alice from Oregon. I thought pantries were for less fortunate people, but anybody could be less fortunate in a day or even a second. Claire from Virginia. The Feeding America network of food banks helps provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year. No one should have to worry where their next meal will come from. Together, we can end hunger. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter.
I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. You know, we've been talking a lot about how important the races are in the states around Illinois. And running for Congress for the 1st Congressional District of Wisconsin covering Racine, Kenosha, most of Walworth, and portions of Rock in Milwaukee County is Lorenzo Santos, who joins us on the line. He's a graduate of the Naval Academy and has served our country proudly. We're thrilled to have you on the air, sir. How are you doing tonight? Hello, Lorenzo. Oh, no. I, he's busy. He's out there door knocking. He was probably on a, on a porch and was like, I, I, I <laughs> was all right, then we lost. We lost Lorenzo again. Uh, hey, Lorenzo, am I on mute? Are you on mute? Unmute me. I have these conversations with my husband all the time. I keep telling him to uh, replace his phone. All right, we're having a technical difficulty. Let's check back with him in a minute. I'm going to put him on hold and see if we can get Lorenzo on the air. Let me try again here. Hello, Lorenzo. Are you there? He's uh I'm going to put I'm going to put him on hold again. Yeah, cuz I have him on the line, Paul, but we'll see if uh if we can get him up in a second. Um if we don't, I do I pulled something up that I really This is one of my favorite scenes of all time. Uh, you know, the the banning of books and, and people thinking they know what's best for our kids uh, and for our kids. Not If you don't want your kid to read something, first of all, you know, talk if you have concerns, you know, this whole idea of parental rights, you've always had rights. No one's taking your parental rights away. If you if you're concerned about what your child's going to read, ask your teacher at the beginning, the teachers at the beginning of the year for a syllabus. They will give you a list of books that are going to be read. Talk to your child. What are you reading? Uh, let's talk about math. How's all that going? Uh, one of my favorite scenes of all time is uh, from a, from one of my favorite movies of all time, which is uh, Field of Dreams. And let me see if I can pull this up. We're going to try and see if we can connect again with Lorenzo, but I'm going to put this up. In and our schools. Here you go. Let me see if I can do this real quick. Fascist. I like these hurt pain. <laughs> Mrs. Kessenick, that book you're waving about is hardly smut. It is considered by many critics to be the classic novel about the 1960s. It's pornography. No, 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 no. The Supreme Court says it's not. And its author, Mr. Mann, is sick. Terence Mann is a Pulitzer Prize winner, and he is widely regarded as the finest satirist of his time. Yeah, well, I think he's a pervert. He's probably a communist, too. Sound familiar, folks? What planet are these people from? Oh, you have Lorenzo back? The so-called All right, we'll, we'll continue this scene in a moment. Let me uh, endorse promiscuity, godless. This is one of the things I'm guessing also comes up in Wisconsin. Hey, Lorenzo, how are you doing today? Great, Patty. How are you doing? Very well. I know you're busy on the campaign trail, so we're grateful for your time. Uh, we want to check in and see how things are going and how we can support you and get you across the finish line. So what? where are we in the campaign schedule for you? Because I don't know what the calendar is like for Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're continuing to meet folks. We're out there making sure that people know who I am, know what I stand for. Uh, we're, we're attending a lot of events, got a lot of, uh, parades that we're in to make sure that we're able to, to meet people where they are. We're going to get our canvassing 
um, schedule up in December so that we're able to go door to door and make sure we're uh, meeting people at their homes and introducing ourselves uh, personally there. So we're, we're ramping up and we're getting ready. Outstanding. And when you're talking to folks, what are, you know, because I know that some of the, the issues that you are amplifying include, uh, you know, re- reproductive rights, which in Wisconsin, uh, you know, now that there's a Supreme Court that has, uh, has you know, a, a more leniency when it comes to letting women choose for themselves, uh, because you guys had a trigger right. law, essentially bringing Wisconsin back to the 1850s. Tell us a little bit about what you're hearing in Wisconsin in, regard, in regards to abortion. Yeah, absolutely. Look, our our Supreme Court uh, has been notably uh, conservative, and we have a great opportunity with the recent election of Janet Protasiewicz to return balance uh, to the court. And that also means that there's going to be, you know, more more balance to allowing for a fair hearing uh, of the ability for Wisconsinites to have uh, reproductive rights and to ensure that that's happened. Now, we, we are lucky because we have an amazing Planned Parenthood organization that has also been fighting the good fight, making sure that even though uh, at the Supreme Court level at the time, uh, that w- you know, there were certain questions as to what would be allowed, they were always you know, fighting behind the scenes to make sure that uh, there was always pressure on ensuring that uh, women in Wisconsin were not relegated to second-class citizenship and a law that was made virtually when the state was founded. Yeah, no, no doubt. That's good news. And and what are you hearing when you go door knocking? You know, people are talking about you know what Democrats stand for. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of this is going to be attached to how the economy is doing. What kind of conversations are you having with folks on how that's affecting them? Because things are improving, but it doesn't mean that people are feeling it. Right at the top line, we can talk about unemployment and the GDP and uh, and prices of things. What are you hearing from folks when it comes to their own pocketbooks? Yeah, absolutely. So the economy, when we, when we look at the economy, you know, people need to be able to feel it. It's, it's one thing to look at the fact that, you know, people are getting back to work and, and there are, we are creating jobs and things like that. And there is, there is investment, but individuals need to be able to feel that because people are still seeing, uh, that prices are going up, wages are stagnant, you know, we're not seeing people get paid more as inflation continues to rise. So most folks are not feeling, even though the economy, you know, by conventional standards might be improving, they're not necessarily feeling it. And especially, you know, around the holidays where, you know, you're supposed to be consuming more and buying presents and all those things. That's when really you start to see what the economy is going to do. So at the end of the day, it's, you know, I do believe in Bidenomics. I do believe, you know, bottom up, middle out. We, the middle class is the foundation of the economy, and they're the people that will ultimately be investing in the economy and making it strong. We need to make sure that those jobs are available for the middle class. We need to make sure that we are uh, supporting people so that they, at the end of the day, they know that they're going to go to work and they're going to have a job and they're going to be able to make money to support their families. That's right. what Wisconsinites care about. That's, that's what, at the end of the day, matters. People want peace of mind and they want to be able to, you know, put food on the table. And, and those kitchen table uh, issues are what people are focusing on. You know, you need to be able to make sure that you're going to be able to pay for, uh, you know, 
groceries, you know, gas prices, things like that, that, you know, the national average we're, we're seeing is kind of uh, fluctuating. And when people have to travel for the holidays, right, you feel gas prices even more. So all those things are collectively what people are talking about and thinking about. And, and, and again, the holidays is where, uh, you know, the, you feel it a little bit more in your, in, in your wallet. And not everyone is feeling uh you know, when, when, when the pundits and the, and, the, and the economists say the economy is proving, everyone's not feeling that. Right. And it's going to take time for everyone to feel that. And we, we need to understand that. Elected officials need to be careful when they're out there saying that the economy is, is doing so well, because a lot of people do not feel that way. And we need to understand why. Exactly. I agree. I agree completely. And, I, and it is a, a kind of a heavy lift, right? Because so many things were negatively impacted. Uh, coming, We're still dealing with the effects of the pandemic. And I was talking earlier about how, you know, grocery prices, uh, part of it was impacted by the pandemic and then inflation. Uh, inflation was zero, for all of October, folks, it was flat. And I know that you're not feeling it, but there are also big corporations. And Bernie Sanders has rung this alarm bell of people, you know, p- taking opp- taking the opportunity to make huge profits and, you know, kind of figuring, well, if they'll pay this, then we'll keep the prices there. You know, they're like, well, th- th- this is what it costs now. Rather than than absorbing some of that back, they want they just have their stockholder uh, value. They just want they want to see that those huge returns, don't they? Absolutely. It's very simple. I've, I've been in the business world. I've been in the corporate world. I've, I've done the white collar jobs, as they say. I understand what's there. But I also have done blue collar work, and I understand why it's important to make sure that we are fighting for the people who are going to be ultimately powering the economy. What's happening right now and what makes me fear is because I've been in these rooms when these decisions have been made. If a price increase happens, they're going to keep it there. Uh, you know, and there's this concept of what the market will bear. And we know trickle-down economics does not work because whenever these corporations are making their record profits, they're going to give those dividends to their shareholders. Their workers are not seeing it. I have a problem with that. Yes. We need to make sure that companies are rewarding the people that got them there in the very first place for the hard work that they've done. And that is absolutely my priority uh, going to Washington. These companies, they, they, they will tell you that they want to uh, pass on you know, their, their profits. They will never do that. They will hold on to that. They will reinvest it. They will buy back their own stock before they ever pay the workers that you know, sweat, blood, and tears got them there in the first place, and, 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 and sometimes without very much more than a thank you. Exactly. And Republicans time and time again, and we see this in Wisconsin with uh, the way that they, they've got a surplus and all they want to do is continue to protect corporations and the, and the super wealthy and don't want to invest in child care, don't want to invest in communities and education, even uh, lunches at school. What are some of the things that you plan to bring to Wisconsin as, as serving at the federal level in Congress? What's always interesting about the GOP, they always talk about market forces. They always talk about competition. Let the market do its job. But they do not believe that when it comes to ensuring that there's, first of all, democracy. Because if we don't have a democracy, we can't get anything done in the first place. Right. So they, they, they love to talk about the, you know, the market forces and let, let, let you know, capitalism and things like that. But they don't even want a fair shake in terms of elections. So, number one, we need to make sure – that we have a democracy to stand on. We have a rule of law. 
And my opponent voted for a guy that is a, is a lawyer, but still went against his oath as even a lawyer for the Constitution to help uh, Donald Trump, you know, basically go against a free and fair election. So first of all, we, we have to have a democracy first and foremost. And then we need to make sure that we are taking care of the people that are powering the economy in the first place. If we're not taking care of people that are making these companies have these record profits, how the hell are they going to have record profits in the future? Right. And, and furthermore, if we're not taking care of them, if we're not providing them with health care, that a lot of these folks in Congress want to deny them, but then they go get to enjoy it and they make pretty yeah. good income. And they want the people back in their districts to starve. And, and, and I wish that were, you know, I'm not exaggerating that because you watch these folks, they literally get to enjoy some of the best health care in the entire world. And they deny the people that they represent, not only that health care, but they would rather the corporations and their millionaire and billionaire friends get tax cuts instead of making sure that the people that built those companies and made sure the economy is where it is today, just, just got to get to a baseline. We're not talking about making these people rich. We're talking about allowing them to simply survive because wages have not gone up. They haven't no. gone up. No. Inflation continues to rise. So we, and these people know math, right? They understand. They, they're not, they're not dumb people. They, they know what they're doing, but they also know that if they go against the interests of these folks, they're not going to have all these crazy, you know, dollars come into their coffers. And, and my opponent is no different than that. The reason that he won't say these things out loud, which he knows very well are true is because he's being paid to vote the way he's voting. I want to make sure that, the people of the first district, I, I am not taking corporate PAC money. I'm not taking money from special interests. We are doing it small dollar donors. We're making sure that our dollars come from the people that we're going to represent. And that's hard to do. That's very hard to do. It's really easy to take money from these rich folks that are going to write you a check and you just, you just got to make sure that you keep patting their pockets. But ultimately, those people do not represent the district, the first district of Wisconsin. And those people do not represent the folks that are making these companies, uh, you know, where they are today. Yep. And, and frankly, it's, it's disgusting. Politics should be about people. And often, if you just look at the way the GOP votes. It's not about people. It's, it's, it's about companies and corporations. And, 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 it, and it ultimately does not stand up for people that are hurting. And, and, and these folks, they, 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 they try to, you know, gaslight us into thinking that, that ultimately what they're doing is representing us when they're not. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we want to continue to support, uh, you know, strong candidates in races like yours. Again, uh, Lorenzo Santos is running for the first congressional district of Wisconsin. That's Racine. Is it Racine? Oh, I had it a minute ago. Uh, parts of, is it Milwaukee County? Let's see. I, yes, I had... the first district is Racine, Milwaukee, Walworth, Rock, and Kenosha. So we nice. need your help. We need volunteers. We, we're going to be knocking doors. We need volunteers for canvassing, and we need your dollars. Unfortunately, I'm running against a pretty wealthy candidate who's going to have a lot of money coming out. A lot of people are going to be hitting me hard because they know this campaign is serious, and they know that we're about to flip this seat. And with that, we're about to flip 
the U.S. House of Representatives, we need your help. And there's a fundraiser coming up this Sunday, November 26th, at Champs in Lake Geneva. So that's a quick, pretty quick ride for Illinoisans. If you want to run up and, uh, and meet Lorenzo Santos, find out more about his campaign, how you can get involved. Because in Illinois, we can we can go door knocking and you know phone banking when he needs us, writing postcards, and as he mentioned, contributing to the campaign. SantosForWisconsin.com. Again, that's S-A-N-T-O-S for Wisconsin. Dot com. Lorenzo, let, I want to catch up with you soon and would love to work with you as we get this across the finish line, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Patty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. Go get them. <laughs> take care. Let's take our, let's take, thank you. Let's take our last break and we'll wrap up when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal.